Bat Shalom. The parasha for this week is entitled Toldot, which means generations. And it takes us from Genesis 25.19 to 28.9. In a way, this modest passage demonstrates the gospel story in full. It does so by highlighting the difference between flesh and promise. The text starts off with Isaac praying to the Lord, beseeching him to provide a child for his barren wife, Rebecca. The Lord answers his prayerful faith with abundance, not with one child, but with twins. Inside the womb, these two brothers start fighting with one another, which prompts Rebecca to inquire of the Lord. He answers her with a promise. Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. As it happens, the older was Esau, and the younger was Jacob. Esau was born red and hairy, and he would grow up into an adept hunter. Jacob, on the other hand, came out grasping the heel of his brother and grew into a quiet, tent-dwelling man. The narrative of Jacob and Esau is interrupted in chapter 26 with the story of a famine that fell on the land. Isaac was forced to uproot his family in search of food, only God instructed him not to go to Egypt. Instead, he traveled to Gerar, a Philistine territory where the Lord promised to bless him and his offspring on account of Abraham's faithful obedience. Unfortunately, Isaac started off his new life in Gerar on the wrong foot. In true Abrahamic style, he told the inhabitants there that Rebekah was his sister for fear that they would kill him for her. The charade didn't last very long, though. After finding Isaac and Rebekah being friendly with each other, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, reprimanded Isaac and warned all his subjects to keep their hands off of Isaac and Rebekah. Not long after settling in, Isaac's prosperity in the land engendered envy and fear among the Philistines, prompting Abimelech to kick them out of his city. Isaac and his family moved to a valley outside Gerar, but Philistine animosity followed them there as well. Isaac dug three wells, two of them the Philistines confiscated. Isaac eventually returned to Canaan. There, in the city of Beersheba, he became so fruitful that Abimelech sought him out to make a peace treaty. This Isaac gladly did, showing that Adonai is not only a god of generosity, but also a god of peace. In chapter 27, the storyline returns to Jacob and Esau. By this time, Isaac is old and blind. Aware of his advancing age, he instructs Esau to prepare a meal for him so that he might bless him before he dies. While Esau is out hunting, Rebekah betrays her husband by instructing Jacob on how to steal his brother's blessing. Rebekah prepares the counterfeit meal and dresses Jacob in donkey hide and Esau's clothing. This get-up was convincing enough to fool Isaac into bestowing the blessing on Jacob. By the time Esau returned, there was no blessing left to give, sending Esau into a murderous rage. But Rebekah, it seems, had planned for this contingency. She told Jacob to flee to Haran, where he could stay with her brother until Esau's anger passed. What she didn't anticipate was that Jacob would remain there many years in Haran. Rebekah died without ever seeing her son again. Thus, Esau is left with his wives and his misery in Beersheba. 
only his wives had become something of miseries themselves. They were foreign women who had distressed Isaac and Rebekah for years, placing significant strain on the family unit. Esau attempts to remedy this by marrying again, this time a woman who was a descendant of his uncle Ishmael's family. And this is where the story ends, with a fractured family, a disordered home, and a dying patriarch. But there is hope in this apparently desperate circumstance. It would be a mistake to judge this situation according to the flesh and not according to the promise. What the flesh sees is that the younger, weaker brother deceives his way into a great blessing. But according to the promise of God's word, the younger was predestined to rule over the older. In short, it is the spirit who is in control of history, not the fleshly powers of this world. Paralleling this, Israel was specifically chosen as God's holy people because of her apparent weakness. The true church has always been a persecuted minority. Even our Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, condescended to us by taking on the frailty of human flesh. By all outward, fleshly appearances, Messiah was defeated on the cross. But according to the promise, God was displaying his power and victory in the greatest way possible on that cross. In like fashion, we too should boast in our weaknesses and persecution. God's greatness is amplified in it. I will leave you with these words from Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Messiah may rest upon me. For the sake of Messiah, then, I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Thank you.